encouragement. So, Peter, over to you. The reading this morning is taken from the Apostle Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians, chapter 5, and beginning to read at verse 9. You will find this on page 1188 in the Church Bibles. Paul is writing to the church he founded in Thessalonica. And he writes, verse 9, For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore encourage one another and build each other up, just as, in fact, you are doing. Now we ask you, brothers, to respect those who work hard among you, who are over you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. Live in peace with each other, And we urge you, brothers, warn those who are idle, encourage the timid, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always try to be kind to each other and to everyone else. Be joyful always. Pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Peter. Well, it's great to see uh, so many of you here this morning. Uh, I recognise that many of you are here for the baptisms, but I know that some of you are here as well because uh, it's our last Sunday. And uh, I guess that's just so you can make sure you see us off the premises. But uh, it's really appreciated. Fantastic to see uh, some faces of people that I haven't seen for a while. Uh, and uh, I'm going to try very hard not to be emotional. <clears throat> we live in changing times, don't we? My goodness, don't we? And the world that Darcy and that Benjamin grow up in will no doubt look quite different as a result of the events of this week. I don't think we have any idea really what the world that they grow up in will look like. And so in this time of kind of political and social unease, uh, I think it's really important to hold on to things which never change. And there are some things which never ever change. And the word of God is one of those things which never changes. Listen to these two passages. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. 
What an incredible verse to read over your children. Or this verse, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. The sacrifice of Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. It's exactly the same for us today. And these are changing times at St Paul's. As I've said, this is our last Sunday. And what better time to think about the spiritual gift of encouragement. And this, as Tom said, this is the third in our series of talks on spiritual gifts, which along with prayer, which we looked at a little while ago, are what we've called the tools of the trade. If you like, uh, that as Christians, we can access, we can enable, uh, we can access these things and they will enable the growth that we want to see in St Paul's because we want this church to grow and we want more and more people to come to know the love of Jesus Christ. So to recap for some of you, because many of you weren't here last week uh, and some of you might have missed the talk last week, Tom started by exploring what spiritual gifts are and he referred us to this verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 which says, there are different kinds of gifts but they're all given to believers by the same spirit which means that when we choose to follow Jesus Christ, when we choose to have a relationship with him, become believers, the Holy Spirit will give to each one of us uh, special gifts. And Tom said that these uh, spiritual gifts are different to natural talents. We've all got natural talents, but, but these are gifts that we're given when we come into a relationship with Jesus, when we become Christians. And they are for our own growth in faith, But more importantly, they are for the growth and the strengthening of all God's people. And we noted that these spiritual gifts are mentioned in three uh, main passages in the Bible, which you can see here. Paul uh, wrote some letters to a church in Rome, a church in a place called Corinth, and a church in a place called Ephesus. And in each of those letters, he lists some of these spiritual gifts And the one we're going to look at this morning is the spiritual gift of encouragement, which seems uh, appropriate for today, uh, probably more appropriate than if I decided to spend 20 minutes on the spiritual gift of administration. But uh, bless those of you who have that gift. So where are we going to go this morning? This is our kind of our roadmap of what I want to look at this morning. What is the spiritual gift of encouragement? We're going to look at that. What happens when we use it? And I want us to think about where we get our encouragement from. And then I want to practice this spiritual gift. I want to encourage you as a church family, and I want to lay down one last challenge as I kind of head for the hills. So what is the spiritual gift of encouragement, and what happens when we use it? Well, the word that Paul uses uh, in his list of spiritual gifts, and we translate into the word encouragement or exhortation, is a Greek word, and it's the word parakaleo, which means to call alongside. Parallel, as in parallel lines, or para, as in parallel lines, means alongside, and kaleo means to shout or to call. So the word conveys calling someone alongside, to walk alongside them to exhort them, to encourage them, to comfort them. And the Bible reading that that Peter just brought to us is from the closing verses of Paul's first letter to a church in a place called Thessalonica. And just to remind you that this is not uh, all ancient history, you know, you can still go and visit Thessalonica, second largest city in Greece, you can fly into it, uh, so it's there. But Paul had set up a church there, and 
Uh, and so he writes with a primary purpose of encouraging this young church. He set this church up, travelled on, and then he writes back to them to really encourage this church. And this letter is one of the earliest parts of the New Testament. It was written in about 52 AD, so just, just 20 years after the life of Jesus. And you might want to have your Bibles open uh, as I just very quickly run through some of the encouragements that Jesus gives to this, uh, that Paul, sorry, gives to this young church. He says in verse, in chapter one, verse two, we always thank God for you and we pray for you. Just imagine uh, St. Paul's, imagine this was a letter that our kind of senior pastor was writing to us. Imagine Justin Welby, Archbishop of Canterbury, sent us a lovely letter and in it he's written, we always thank God for you, for you Cambalonians, because we love you so much. Chapter 2, verse 8, we love you so much, we shared the gospel with you and we shared our very lives with you. Or chapter 3, verse 9, how can we thank God enough for you? Or chapter 4, verse 1, we instructed you to, how to live in order to please God, as in fact you are doing. Therefore, he says, encourage one another and build each other up just as you are doing. And that's a really big part of what this spiritual gift is. It's about building one another up. But there is more to it than that. The word parakalio also means to implore or to urge or to spur someone on. Jenny, uh, once, my wife Jenny once ran a half marathon and she says that the only reason she managed to finish that was because I ran alongside her, encouraging her. Now to be fair, I only ran the last 50 yards alongside her. <laughs> but that was obviously just when she needed the encouragement. Or look at this picture, this is a part of the Bayer Tapestry. And I think this gives us another really good picture of what the spiritual gift of encouragement is all about. The man in the middle with the helmet on and the big club is identified as Bishop Odo. And Bishop Odo was the half-brother of William the Conqueror. And as you can see, they're in the midst of the battle. And the text, the Latin text says, Bishop Odo encourageth the troops (laughs) with a big stick. But I think that gives us an idea of what the spiritual gift of encouragement can be about sometimes. It's about urging people on to go somewhere where they might not want to go. Or think about encouraging a horse, which involves spurring it on, doesn't it? And and the things you wear are called spurs, and you kick the horse with the spurs. And sometimes in exercising the spiritual gift of encouragement can be uncomfortable. It can be uncomfortable for the person doing the encouraging and it can be uncomfortable for the person being encouraged because it involves challenge. It involves challenging people to do something that they might not feel ready or equipped to do. Something perhaps we might feel spiritually too immature to do or even too old to do or even just something we can't be bothered to do. Paul says in our reading in verse 14, warn those who are idle. And maybe for some of us, for some of you, dear friends, this morning you know that what you really need is a spiritual kick up the backside. Or maybe you know someone who needs a spiritual prodding in the right direction. 
sometimes encouraging our brothers and sisters in Christ will be about being honest and loving enough to say, you know what, you're always saying the church should do more for older people or younger people. Maybe you're the one that God wants to use to do that. But the key thing is that we share that encouragement out of a place of love, a place of love for one another. Because we want each, each individual person to experience more and more of God's good purposes for their lives. And I genuinely believe that God has more for each one of us than we can possibly imagine. But we have to be willing to encourage one another. What happens when we choose to encourage one another? Well, for a start, I think we rarely forget the person who encourages us. This is, uh, this is my file from my filing cabinet and it's titled Encouraging Letters. And uh, in it there are letters from some of you. And when uh, I sometimes feel, as I do, that I'm feeling a bit low, or feel I could have done more, or feel that I've let down the God that I love so much, I get out this file and I read some of what it says. And one of these is an email that says, Thank you for the trouble of writing and enclosing a donation to the church. Um, both are very much appreciated. I'm delighted that you found Russell's help to be invaluable at the time of your father's death. Russell is an outstanding curate with great potential and I know that he counted it a real privilege to be able to minister at this very significant point in your life. Our outgoing vicar wrote that to me and any of you who know Mark will know that he had many wonderful gifts Words of real encouragement were perhaps a bit rare. <laughs> but that email kept me going for the next 12 months. To hear him, who I respect greatly, saying, Russell is an outstanding curate, my word. That just, yeah. And, and so I think, do not underestimate the value of encouraging one another. I think the people who have this spiritual gift, who can encourage one another, are, are potentially some of the most influential people in the church of the 21st century. We all need to be encouraged. Abraham Lincoln apparently carried in his pocket a newspaper clipping which said that he was a great leader. He needed that affirmation. Listen to these words. Jesus spoke these words to a guy called Simon. Jesus asked the band of people, and how about you? Who do you say I am? Jesus said, God bless you, Simon, son of Jonah, because you know that I am the Christ. And you didn't get that from any book or from a teacher. My father in heaven, God himself, gave you that. And I'm going to tell you who you really are. You are Peter, which means a rock. And on you, I will build my whole church, a church so expansive with energy that even the gates of hell will not keep it out. Can you imagine what those words of encouragement meant to a young fisherman? And it's come true because the Christian church built on Peter and the other disciples has now become two billion strong all around the world. Jesus sees so much potential in each one of us. Maybe he says today, you, Darcy, are loved by your heavenly father, beautiful, in his sight. You are Benjamin, whom God has filled with purpose and hope. And of those of you with this wonderful spiritual gift 
seek to go about and to uh, encourage one another, I think we can move people from a place of pessimism to a place of optimism. Paul says in verse 14, encourage the timid and the weak. And I wonder if for some of us today we are timid and weak and we need encouraging. So that's what the spiritual gift of encouragement is. It means drawing people to God and releasing potential in one another for God. But where does our encouragement come from? Where does your encouragement come from today? Just think about that question for a minute. What encourages you? Perhaps you're encouraged by your healthy bank balance. Perhaps you're encouraged by your status, your job title, or by your friends, or by your spouse, or by your exam results. And those are all really good things, but they're all worldly things, they will all pass away. The primary place that our encouragement should come from, the primary purpose of the gift of encouragement, is to remind all people that they are loved by God, and that he has a purpose for us. A love which was so powerfully demonstrated on the cross by Jesus Christ. And the result is that by accepting that sacrifice, that was, accepting that it was for me, for you, because of the things that we've done in defiance of God, when we ask for forgiveness, we can be drawn back into that amazing, life-giving relationship with God. John puts it like this a bit later in the New Testament. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son into the world as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us, we also ought to love one another. What an incredible, encouraging passage of scripture. Let me ask you this this morning. Are you really alive? Or are you just surviving? Do you have life in all its fullness? Or are you just getting by? If you have a sense that you are missing something, then that's because if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, something is missing. And no amount of material stuff, no amount of promotion or new cars or new houses will fill that void. But God sent his son to give us real life in and through him. That's how much he loves us. And that love, that real life is only a prayer away. We just have to ask. The gift is offered to us. And once we know that gift, it's a gift that we can encourage others to receive as well. That's where my encouragement comes from. That's where I've built my life, on the encouragements of Christ. Because I know that Jesus Christ brings hope in a world of nightclub shootings, a world of senseless murders of public servants, a world of uncertainty after referendum outcomes. Love wins, said the placards in Colorado, and love does indeed win. The Bible says that God is love. My encouragement comes from knowing Jesus Christ as my saviour. How about you? I wanted to end with some words of encouragement for my church family here at St Paul's because uh, we are going to miss you 
and you have encouraged us and I want to encourage you. It has been such an incredible gift to Jenny and Annabelle and Elizabeth and myself to be part of this church family for the last four years. Let me tell you what I see in this church. You are a church full of such gifted people, every single one of you. You are a church of prayerful, kind, generous and welcoming people. You're well-resourced. You're keen to know the will of God and to walk in it. You seek the leading of the Holy Spirit. You have dedicated and godly leaders. And whilst you're not uniform in your preference of worship style, you are united in your desire to grow and see others come to faith. Sometimes, though, I do wonder if St Paul's might be a bit like a premiership football match, with a bit less swearing. (laughs) What do I mean by that? I mean sometimes it seems as if there are 20,000 people doing lots of shouting, while 22 exhausted people in urgent need of a break kick around a ball. Maybe today, in love, let me say to you, perhaps God is encouraging you that in his power and filled with his Holy Spirit, you too can make an incredible difference. Maybe God is encouraging you up off the bench today. With all that you have, all that you can give, this church can, and I believe will, see individual lives transformed, and I see the faces of lives transformed sitting here this morning. Maybe it will see families transformed Maybe it will see whole communities transformed. Who do you know that you, either here in church or in your family or at school or at work, who do you know whose life could be radically changed if you did two things? Firstly, ask God to give you this gift of encouragement and then use it to walk alongside someone, to bring comfort, to bring challenge, to bring encouragement, to bring renewed hope in the life of someone who may need that. Jesus Christ has died for you. What an incredible encouragement that is in uncertain times. As we end, I just want to take a few moments to reflect on that amazing truth. And what I want you to do is to think about whom you might encourage this week. As you came in, each of you hopefully were given a little card and there are some pens on the end of the rows. And I want you just to take that card now and to think about who can I encourage this week? Just think about who you could encourage this week. And I want you to write write their name down on that card. If you haven't got a card, put your hand up and maybe some of the stewards can just come and bring some more of those around. But just in silence for a moment, let's just be still. And I want you to write down the name of someone you could encourage and also to think, what is is the gift that I see in them that I want to encourage? What is it that I so appreciate about them that I want them to know? Just write that down in a few moments of silence.
And then I want you to commit to pray for that person and to take that home and to, having written their name down, to commit to speak to them and say, this is what I love about you. This is how I want to encourage you. And having done that, I want each one of you to hear a different kind of encouragement. Jenny has uh, has written a song which she believes that God has given to her, I believe that God has given to her for you as a church. It's a slightly different kind of song because rather than us singing our praises to God, I believe this is God wanting to sing his praises of you. So let's just be still and sit and listen as Jenny sings these words of love, words of encouragement, words of hope to us as a church family. Amen.
beautiful song wasn't it but I, I just think the message of it really demands that we just take a moment just to just to make our own personal response to God how God has spoken through those words through that music of his love for you of what he can do in you and through you so let's just take a minute now and I just invite every person here just to close their eyes and just pray whatever you want to pray to God.